0: It's the Punk Rock Classrooms Podcast, Episode 2. Make a scene and get your crew. My friends look out for me like family. My mom's been struggling since I was three. Am I scared? Am I pushed? Am I worried? Another day of the year, so what's the hurry?
1: Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Happy safe travels or your plan time. I am Mike, uh, Lead Learner and Principal Extraordinaire out of Lansing, Illinois. And I'm
0: Josh Buckley, a Social Studies Teacher from Mesa, Arizona. And we want to welcome you to the Punk Rock Classrooms Podcast. The purpose of this uh, Punk Rock Classrooms Podcast is to unite educators that are tired of the status quo. We want to bring educators together that are ready to buck the system uh, and treat their classrooms like a punk show, Uh, bringing that passion, that unity, and a little DIY attitude to what they do every day.
1: Yeah, definitely. You do not need to get your Elmer's glue out, get those Liberty Spikes going, or you lace up your Chuck Taylors. Uh, No matter what, we are all punk rockers in the classroom, and you've come to the right place.
0: All right. So our topic today, Mike, this is, this is nice. This is the episode where we're diving into something. Last, yes. last time was our intro episode. Now we get to dive into the meat of, uh, of what we're talking about with punk rock classrooms. This yep. episode, we're talking about uh, making a scene, getting your crew together, doing all that. And so uh, let's talk a little bit about what that scene means when it comes to punk rock. And then we'll dive into how we can do that in our roles as educators. So, what does a scene mean to you? What does that crew mean for you when you, from your punk rock youth? What, what does that mean for you?
1: Yeah. So, you know, you wrote a blog, you posted a blog about a week ago about getting your crew together. Um, I, I was working on one myself. I finally got it out today. Um, to me, you know, I was never you know the most popular kid, the most athletic kid in school. I kind of always like was an outcast. You know, was you know. Wrote a skateboard for all through elementary school. Um, back then it wasn't, you know, as cool as it is now with all the Tony Hawk games and, and, you know, X games and the Olympics. So I was always kind of, like I said, like kind of like the outcast. So once I got into high school and kind of really met a bunch of, a bunch of people with the same interests as me, it, it gave me, you know, a home It let me know I wasn't alone. It let me know that I, I, I could go out and accomplish things and have, you know, support of like a family behind me. I mean, if I, you know, if we are feeling down and out, you know, relationship problems, your buddy would call you up, say, Hey, we're going to go to the record store. We're going to get some, some new music. We're going to cruise around and forget about that. <laughs> you needed somewhere to sleep. Hey, I got a couch. I got a floor. Come on over. You're always welcome here. Taco Bell runs, you know, we, we, somebody would be short $2. Don't worry. I'm going to get you a couple tacos and some cinnamon twists and you'll get me next time. Like we had, you know, you, you knew you were supported, you weren't alone. And then when we would, you know, whether it's skateboarding out in a parking lot going to a, a punk show at someone's basement, you know, or a small club off the alley, uh, it just was a sense like we're all here together. We're going through the same thing, you know, maybe dealing with issues at home with our parents, you know, being looked at as outsiders, but we just had a supportive system in place to know, you know, we're going to do this together and we got each other's back. So that's, that's kind of my background with it.
0: Yeah. You know, I got a lot of the same stuff. I think one of the things for me is, you know, growing up uh, in punk rock and then being in some punk rock bands, like, those crews that we built, built those scenes, right? Like, I, I was part of the Saginaw crew in Michigan, and we had punk rock friends in, in Lansing, Michigan, and in Flint, Michigan, and St. John's and and we would like this created this giant network where we could help each other out, right? So if one of us had a show, we could count on our crew showing up and being there. If we had a, you know, if we were putting out an album, we knew we'd count on our friends to show up and help us record it. We knew that we had people there who had our backs. And it's that same thing, right? There's that part when you're when you're a when you're a kid where you have a tendency that like you feel a little out of step, right? You feel a little out of step with the world and that scene, that crew that you build, uh helps you. It's like that extra family, like you said, right? It's it's that exactly. family you got. And I feel like I don't think that I would be the person I am today if it weren't for that family I built around punk rock, right? Oh, definitely the, not. Those those folks who got me through, you know, like you said, like some 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 trouble, some life trouble, some some girl trouble for me back in the day, right? Like all, all of that stuff, like those folks really pulled me along and I felt like I was part of something. And we were all together at a show singing along or we, we caravan down to Detroit to see a concert together, you know, that two hour drive. And so we built something together and here's what I think is really important is that I, I think that we can do that in our classrooms, right? Oh, like 100%. we can make a scene in our classrooms and we can build a crew with our colleagues and, and we can lean on uh, each other as an, ed, as educators and we can be someone that our kids can lean on, that our students can lean on and right. that they've, they've got a crew in their classroom. So um, what do you think, you know, why don't you share with us a little bit about uh, as a leader on your campus, why don't you talk about like, how do you see a crew working for your campus and for you as a leader? And then I'll jump in and I'll talk a little bit about when I think about it in a classroom. I'm sure you've got classroom things too you want to share. So what what do you see as that crew for you as an educator and as a principal?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you're right. Like it all ties together, whether you're a leader, a teacher. I mean, it was funny the other day I was having a conversation with a student and uh they're like so you're the boss of like all the teachers here I'm like well I guess technically I'm like but I don't ever consider myself a boss because we're all on the same team like we're the same crew working for the same goal and so like back in the day we were talking about like our our punk rock youth I mean like you you mentioned you were in bands like so if you were going to play a show By word of mouth, people you knew reached out to people they knew in that part of town and they helped support you and get that going. It's the same with education. This is not, uh, you know, a a one person sport. Like this is not, you know, education is not the field to be in, to have egos and close your door and keep all your secrets to yourself. And you want your kids to do the best and no one can do you the lessons you're doing and blah, blah, blah. Like it's time to drop all those egos. Like for me test scores do matter, you know, yes, we have to do them. That's that's how we're judged. That's that's what everyone's looking at. But for me, my goal is I want our students to leave our schools ready for the world. They need to know how to problem solve, they need to know how to collaborate, they need to be confident in their strengths, know how to share those strengths with others and then rely on other people for where they may be lacking or they need areas right. to grow. Yeah. So as a leader, I look at it, you know, two ways. I have my crew, my staff here, and I'm I'm just as equal as them. I'm no better than than them. I'm no smarter than them. You know, there's there's things that yes, you know, I'm gonna need initiatives we're gonna need to push and kind of I'm driving the ship, but I include them in the decision making along the way. And that all starts with building relationships with them. You know, I'm not sitting on some high horse above them. Like every day I'm in my mobile office, out in the classrooms, out in the halls, working with them, talking with them. So you know, I, I need to build them up and work with them to kind of move our ship forward. So then I look at, I've got my crew of my other district administrators. We've got two other elementary buildings, a primary building, and a middle school here in our district. And all of the administrative staff and the principals, assistant principals, um, district office, we all are extremely different personality-wise. We have different strengths. And we work very well together you know I I do things differently than my neighboring school does and the neighboring school after that but when it comes to say data I am not the best and I admit every day I am not the best at reading data I mean I was an English teacher you know (laughs) in junior high so when it comes to numbers and data I'd always try to get others to help me out and I'm not going to lie and pretend I know so I'm going to reach out to you know my, my fellow principal over at Coolidge, who's phenomenal, she was an, a math teacher, and say, hey, you know, how, can you give me a hand with this? How, how do I understand this? How do I read it? And I, with us working off of each other's strengths, all of our schools are going to progress forward. Our district's going to progress forward because we're helping each other out. It's not, hey, I'm trying to get my school to out, outshine you on our local assessments and our state assessments. I yeah. mean, I told my staff, if the other two schools do better than us, the first thing I'm going to do is go to those principals and say, what are you doing? What are you doing differently? I'm not afraid to ask for help. And that's what a crew is about helping each other along the way. And then another huge piece, and I can't recommend this enough. And this is how you and I met Yeah. you as a leader, a teacher, anyone in education, you've got to get connected on social media. I, for so long did nothing with my social media accounts. I made them because I had to make them in in a workshop. And about a year ago when I really got involved in Twitter, I have met so many educators across the country who I talk to on a daily basis via text, phone, Voxer. I mean, even just we know about each other's families and what's going on in our personal lives. And we've never even met face to face, but I rely on them so much know the whole principles and action group the whole fit leaders group the whole teach better team i mean all of these crews these PLNs, right right have made me a better not only educator and leader but just a better person all around like i'm different with my family at home i mean i've learned so much from opening my eyes to everything else that's out there so you know All those crews I'm part of, you know, love you guys with all my heart. So so thanks for making me who I am. So what about you? What do you feel about the classrooms, Josh?
0: You know, I I think one of the things that's really important we talk about this idea of building a crew is like my, I see my classroom as that scene, right? Like I want to build a group of kids in that room. I want to build something with them where they feel like that they can talk to each other, that they can lean on each other, that they're open, that they're free to sort of ask questions, not just of me, but of their neighbors, right? We wanna make sure that they're able to do that. We wanna make sure that they're able to have those conversations. I wanna make sure that they feel safe in my classroom, right? And having right. that crew, having that crew made me feel safe at a show uh, It made my parents feel okay with letting me drive three hours away to go see a concert on the other side of the state, right? Like right. Building, building that safety network in your classroom comes down to, you said it earlier, right? Building those relationships. So as a teacher, I start the beginning of my year with my kids and I do something called Buckley Boot Camp. right and so nice. we spend three days just doing dumb like connecting activities and and discussions around uh communication right because right. we got to be able to talk to each other we, we got to have a common language about you know this means this in my classroom and and, and these ideas are, are what we're focusing on and and so those first three days I don't touch my syllabus, man. Like I don't, I don't want to give it to my kids. I don't want to talk about rules and regulations. I don't want to talk about like what materials you're going to need or what our textbook is. I think if I build that relationship and I build that crew up front with the kids in my classroom, we're going to be able to do so much more together, right? Yes. When it comes time to work in a group, they know what that looks like. When it comes time to having a full class discussion or doing a Socratic seminar in my classroom, they know what communication looks like and they know that they have the ability to speak up in class and be heard, right? So I think that what we need to do is, you know, you have a crew of people on your campus that you get to connect with as a principal, you know, a group of educators. I always tell, uh, in, you know, in my role outside of being a classroom educator, I'm also the, the president of our teachers union. And I tell principals right. all the time when I, when I talked to them, I said, look, you've got a, a whole staff full of experts on your campus, right? Like mm-hmm. as educators, we can't be expected to know everything. Right. We don't, right? Like it's impossible for us to be experts everywhere. So you got to lean on your staff. I got to lean on my PLC, my other government and econ teachers to go, hey, how did you do that, man? I, I can't figure this out. And then they get to lean on me. And you're right, that PLN, that that network of people online has really made me go, man, I, it, it brought a passion back to education. It, it brought me to a place where I'm really excited to talk about education. I'm really excited to go in my classroom and do those things. So, you know, we put this out to our uh, our listeners, you know, the people who follow us on Twitter. And we said, well, what, is, what does a crew mean to you? What does a PLN mean to you? Right, and so we, yeah, we post our slow chat. And so we're going to do this every episode. We're going to ask folks to like chime in on us. So we got a tweet from uh, Santiago Meza. And uh, he says that that building crews for supporting are for supporting and sustaining, uh, building that PLN crew. It's good to have likeness, but you need a variety within it. Right. And so, uh, Santiago follows us on Twitter and he said like, that's super important, right? Like building that crew is supporting and sustaining for educators. So that was one of our replies back. Yeah. And I got to say like Santiago, he, him and I, he's one of these
1: guys that, you know, him and I talk all the time. Um, we, we say we're brothers from other mothers. So he's going to be on the show uh, a little bit down the road, but I love that. He said, you got to have variety from within because right. it's, it's kind of like, if you have everyone with the same mindset mentality, you're not going to grow. No one's going to progress forward. Um, I think back to my crew, one of my best friends, he was my best man at my wedding. He was not, if you want to put labels, you know, quote unquote, the punkest kid out there. He, he liked some of the punk music. You know, he had the rants at seven inches, and he was a he was huge Offspring fan. He dug Suicide Machines, but he was more into like classic rock yeah. and metal. And he, you know, he had the he, you looked at him. I remember we went to Warp Tour. He came to Warp Tour once, and he's he wore bell bottoms, a tie dye shirt, and his hair in <laughs> a ponytail. He's like, I just want to prove to you, you know, that people aren't gonna accept me looking like a hippie. He actually was proved wrong. I'm like, see, no one's no one's messing with you. But we had. We weren't just all like punk rocker kids right. with mohawks and skateboards. Like, we had a, a good crew of a bunch of differences. So, uh, and that that just made us better because it kind of opened our eyes. Right, to right. To everything out there. So, um, another one, Robert Palazzo, he tweeted out being in a crowd at a show where everyone is just so glad to be there and be a part of it. That is the educator crew I enjoy being surrounded by educators that are stoked to be a part of something great also supporting each other when you fall like that's what we've been talking about right we support each other like you fall we're gonna pick you back up by your bootstraps and let's figure out what happened
0: let me help you out and let's
1: keep moving
0: right you've Uh, got that you've got that student you can't connect with your neighbor teacher might be able to make that connection that you just can't make. Right. Like we're, we're all like, I I hate to quote high school musical on a punk rock classrooms podcast, but we're all in this together. Like there's no way around it. Right. It might be the punkest thing you quoted this episode, Josh. (laughs) Every, every one of like, it's not my students, right. They're not my students. Yes. They're our students. Right. And I, so, Matt Wyman, uh, said a crew is kind of like a hashtag. The PLN has similar likes and dislikes goals and interests and purposes. And the same way that I, uh, that a hashtag collects tweets, ideas, a crew is a magnet attracting, uh, like concepts. Love concepts. That's great, man. That's right. Like we all bring something to the table in our crew, right? One of us had a car. One of us had the hookup at Taco Bell and worked there so they could get us yep. the discount. Right. Like that, that was, that was right. all
1: about it, man. Yep, then we got uh, Michael Murphy. And this guy, Murphy, if it wasn't for him, I would never would have got hooked up on Voxer. Um, and he said, having a crew or PLN creates a sense of belonging. Our PLN encourages, listens, has our back, and is always there for us. We formed a fit leaders Voxer group that's been together for a year and a half now. And uh, like I said, it, you know what? Reading all these tweets and kind of what we've been talking about, having a crew, having a PLN – All it comes back to is building relationships. Right. And and I'm a firm believer, and I've said this in admin meetings with my local PLN, you know, relationships are the first thing that's going to help to bring about change. No one's going to support you. No one's going to follow you. No one's going to work with you, collaborate with you if you don't have a strong, trusting, genuine relationship already in place. And that starts with, you know, principal to teachers, you know, teachers to students, students to, to parents, teachers to parents. I mean, it's it's all, we all need to be in this together. I mean, that's what education is. It's, right. not, it's not an ego game, man. It's not, this is what I'm doing and I'm going to share it. I mean, we're in this together. We need to work together. So.
0: Yeah, I, I, th- I think you're right, man. It's this network of relationships that make a campus work. It's those networks of crews, right? Like, you know, I... When I first started teaching, uh, that's, I met my wife who was a teacher there, right? She was teaching at the same high school I was teaching at. She was that English crew, right? And I was part right. of that social studies crew. And every once in a while, we'd cross paths, and it would, you know, like we got to, as a campus, we got to get together. And, and some of the best campuses I've taught at, our campuses have just had those great relationships right like yes. building those relationships not with not just with the kids in your classroom because that's super important but with other educators right supporting each other growing with each other learning with each other and sometimes pushing each other right sometimes right. sometimes you need someone to go like hey man i don't know if you meant to do that or if like i I don't know why you and like, I've never had an issue with this student. Let's talk about what's going on. Like, let's work out this problem. What can we do to help these kids succeed? And, and that's,
1: yeah, that's, that's kind of like, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but that's like, yeah, at our camp, you know, here at our school, I, we say that all the time, these are our kids. And we've really been working these last couple of years. And I see today we had a student who's just been having a rough time in his homeroom. So the neighboring teacher took him. And I talked to the neighboring teacher, you know, that had him today after school. I'm like, "How was he?" And She goes, "He was great. I gave him a little pep talk. He was kind of upset at first to be with me, but he he worked. He participated. He had a good time. And it's just that kind of like it's that gang mentality. Like, right. look, we're not going to let one kid slip by the cracks. If he's not working for you, I'm going to take him. Um, right. You know, last year on our campus, uh, we did a we did a, a whole lesson." every staff member, whether you're a teacher, you know, a pair pro speech path, you had to, we, we encourage them to do a lesson out of their comfort zone. And I was amazed because when we, myself and our assistant principal put it out there, it just was, you have to do a comfort uh, out of your comfort zone lesson, right? Yeah. And so many of these, these teams teamed up and did it collaboratively with their crew because they knew this was a big undertaking right and with the relationships we built built and that crew mentality we built on our campus like they knew all right like we're gonna rely on each other and get it done and some of these lessons were like the most engaging rigorous cross-curricular lessons we had and yeah it just was amazing. I'm excited to see that kind of – one, it's already kind of taken place without us kind of establishing it this year, but to kind of see where they go with it. And the best part was the staff all truly enjoyed it, and they said, like, it was a lot of work, but it was so worth it. It was so fun. And, and that's what education needs you got to be having fun. Right, and right, man. Growing up with our crews being punk or skating, going to shows, we had fun. Being in education, in a school, in a classroom, we should be having fun and we can only do that with the, with the support of everyone here.
0: That's right, man. I mean, that's, that's like, we have to work together on this stuff. And, and, you know, I was, I was uh, talking with uh, another principal at a junior high in my district about something they did to help build these relationships, build these crews. So the junior high, they have at the, at this junior high, they have sort of like assigned tables for lunch, right? Because sometimes junior high, sometimes junior high kids can make, poor decisions right and so <laughs> especially in an unstructured time like lunch right? yeah. so they they had these they had this setup where you had an assigned seat so they they did this thing where they uh, had everybody's name in a hat or like they had to draw a table and so they had to sit with brand new people and not okay. only did they have to sit with brand new people but then an, a, a teacher or a staff member was at every table and they all got to talk to each other and get to know each other and build a relationship in that in that instance at that lunch kids who'd never talked to each other before educators who'd never sat down and had a conversation with a kid, you know, that never had that long conversation with the student were able to do that at this lunch. He said, it was fantastic. He said, That's not awesome. only, not only did kids walk out of there going, Oh man, like I, I, this was great. You had educators who were so stoked that they got to have that time to meet with those kids and talk to those kids and get to know them in a different way than just inside the four walls of their classroom. And so I, you know, like that, I think when you and I are talking about building this scene, it really is, it comes down to those relationships and building safe places for kids to feel like they belong and that they can learn and grow. Right. Yeah. And it's, and
1: it starts with back to, you know, my role as being a leader, um, it it comes back to the leadership needs to first start doing that with their staff. You know, for our staff meetings, um, I mean, hopefully we get some of my staff, uh, on the on the podcast in the future but they're not we don't sit down and listen to me go through powerpoints for two hours instead we are we're up we're doing activities that i'm hoping that they can take and transfer back to their kids you know one of the things i always do when the when they walk into the to the the library for our meeting i give everyone a playing card and then when we they know what it is now when it's time to split into groups you're teamed up with who's on your, your car, you know, maybe yeah. you go by numbers because you know how it is. Yeah. Like you talked about the departments, the fifth grade teachers are all going to sit by each other. <laughs> the English department sits by each other. It's like, there are these little clans like, no, let's like, whatever. They come in and they sit with each other, but they know once we get moving, you're working with people
0: you don't normally work with. Right? You got to spread that crew out, right? We get really to. we get really comfortable with our crew, but then we got to know that our school, our whole campus can be a scene, right? Yes. Um, so here's what I want to do. Next up on the podcast, guys. I think that wraps our discussion on on building that crew, making yep. that scene on your campus. Next up on the podcast, our next episode is going to be about playing with passion, right? Like Love one of the it. best one of the best things about a punk rock show is a band goes up and they tear it up and they put everything on uh, for that concert. And so we're going to talk about what does it mean to be an educator and play with passion uh, on the next episode. And now remember you can follow us on Twitter at punk classrooms. You can follow Mike on Twitter at M earnshaw one five eight. You can follow me on Twitter at Josh R Buckley. And that's where you can follow us on the social media why, why don't you tell them what's up next, Mike? Yeah, well, don't forget, we also have
1: um, – we both got our blogs going. Um, we're not going to say out the uh, <laughs> the long the links addresses because it's a little too long for each of us. But check our Twitter pages, and you can find links to our blogs up there. Um, but, yeah, we'd like to do a slow chat. So we're going to be doing another slow chat leading up to the uh, episode on passion. Follow us at the hashtag punk rock classrooms. And you can be a part of the slow chat, or you can just chime in, share things you're doing, um, help, build, help build our punk rock classrooms crew because we know there's, there's a lot more of us out there and there's a lot more educators that, even if you didn't have that punk background, you've got a lot to offer and definitely help us out here. Um, so, Josh, yeah. my favorite part of our episodes, <laughs> what have you been listening to this past week?
0: All right, man. So, this just hit me today. So, today, uh, lag wagon has a new album coming out and they are streaming they're streaming it on Kerrang today. So like they've got a YouTube feed of the whole album before it drops. So that's what I listened to this morning on my way to work on, on my way back. Uh, that's what I listened to today was the stream of the new Lagwagon album. Uh, it, there's some dude, there's some such good, like California metal punk on that album. There's some serious solos. Fantastic. So what
1: about you, man? What have you been listening to? Dude, I have been all over the place musically. Um, It's funny you mentioned Lagwagon because I've been listening to the last couple of days a lot of old face-to-face, like Mm. Big Choice, Don't Turn Away era. And I just saw that they're going on tour. It's Lagwagon, Face-to-Face, and H2O. Yeah. Um, So I've been listening to a lot of face-to-face. I've been listening to a lot of Eminem. (laughs) <laughs> like the recovery era, the Marshall yeah. Mathers LP2 era. And then also the whole other side of music genre, I've been listening to a lot of poison
0: the well lately. Oh, so I saw them at a show in Detroit back in like 1999 Ooh, it was so good. <laughs> they yeah, I've seen them a couple times. I think the best time I ever saw them was
1: uh at Crazy Fest in Louisville, Kentucky yeah. one year. Awesome. They, they just they they're an amazing band live. So yes, yeah, so that's what I've been listening to. Um Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Don't forget to follow the hashtag punk rock classrooms and uh, spread the word, spread the link, let others know about our, our podcasts out there.
0: Yeah. And if you want to give us a review, if you're an iTunes listener, give us, give us a review there. Uh, If you're on SoundCloud, you know, favorite the podcast. If you're on Spotify, follow the podcast that, that, you know, that gets the word out a little more. Share that with us. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike and I are going to see you on the next episode and we're going to see you on the, at the show guys. All right, take care. Take care, guys. (laughs) Shopping. Shopping. Do it!